Welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a life with respect, dignity, and fulfillment. But as we transition into elderhood, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here are Phyllis and Rubina. Hi, welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Uh, hi, Rubina. I'm here with my co-host in uh, hi, California. Phyllis. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, as I mentioned to you before, uh, well, actually, I also told Andrew, our engineer, that, um, you know, I've been working in nursing homes the past several weeks, so I took a little hiatus to decompress because it's been a, it's been a challenging time, um, not only for me, but for everyone. So, well, you uh, deserve the day off. You yeah, deserve I, the day off. I feel yes. like I can take a deep breath, but there are many people who can't take a deep breath because they're you know, just involved in the situations that are really, um, they continue. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, the topic of our show today. Right, right. And, and you have your own um, with your mom far away. And yes. How, how's she doing? You know, she's uh, doing okay physically, but she is beginning to forget a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, she is remembering her childhood uh, memories and uh, she's attending a wedding where, uh, which most of the time, several conversations, she said, you know, the wedding's happening. I'm going to a wedding. When are you going to be there? Right. Um, uh, so that's, uh, you know, in a way, it's good to know that she's thinking of positive things and, want, you know, True. and uh, and not uh, whining. But on the other side, it's, it's, uh, it's quite emotional for me. Uh, sure. It, it, it's uh, it's quite emotional for me. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, and as I said, you know, there are so many people who, like your situation continues and our guest's uh, situation continues. Um, like I said, I can take a breather, but many, many people cannot. So I want to introduce our guest today, who's Bob Still, um, from who owns Still Digital Studios in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, Bob, actually, I know Bob pretty well, and he's a very talented guy, but he's a classically trained commercial photographer who embraces design, the web, photography, digital special effects, and multimedia. And actually, uh, his knowledge and expertise had been explored and implemented by Arizona State University as a technical consultant. And um, he's assisted in creating a digital photography course for high school and college level curriculums. And uh, this I uh, thought was very interesting. When I read his bio, I didn't know. Uh, in the early 90s, he was a film test facility for Kodak. I don't know how many of our listeners know Kodak. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Those of our generation. <laughs> I, I think uh, we're dating ourselves there, but <laughs> whatever. Anyway, I want to introduce Bob and um, have um, him explain the, um, the challenges that he's facing right now as a caregiver and in this COVID situation. So welcome, Bob, to the show. We're so pleased to have you here today. Well, good afternoon, ladies. Thank you for having me. How is it out there in Arizona? What's the weather for you like? For you? Uh, way too hot. Right now we're under a heat advisory, and I think today we're supposed to be 101. Oh, shit. Which for, the, oh. for this time of year is too warm. And we should still be like in the upper 80s, so hey. 
Uh, you can well, and you hope for October. Well, I, I guess you, I guess you have no choice but to stay inside with the air conditioning. So. <laughs> That's pretty much yeah. If you didn't have air conditioning in your car and in your home, you'd be stuck. Right. So anyway, Bob, um, as I said, you know, I can take a breather from my situation. Rubina can't, and I know you uh, you have a pretty intense situation right now. I'm sure many other listeners do. So can you uh, tell us a little bit about the situation that you're in? Well, right now I find myself in uh, a situation where I'm having to take care of two people at the same time that both have, uh, you know, extended care type needs. Um, I have a, a good friend, a lifelong friend, Ty, who I've known for like 30 years. And approximately about, oh, about two years ago, he experienced a minor stroke, which kind of really impaired his uh, ability to walk and things like that. And it seems like in about the last year, the situation has kind of deteriorated all the more. So, you know, I go over, you know, two or three times a week, you know, change the sheets to make sure that's all cleaned up for him and do a few dishes and make sure the laundry gets done and make sure that there's food in the house and just all the general stuff that that you and I would take for granted, just, you know, go to the store or whatever that he's just not capable to do. I mean, he can't drive anymore. And the other thing that is so hard for him and that the whole COVID thing has really stepped on for him is that he was due to turn around and have cataract surgery. He's got a cataract on one eye. So his depth perception is just all just shot. So he was, we were right in the process of turning around and getting his, you know, how you go to your HMO, your primary physician turns around and tends you to the next guy. Well, we were getting this all set up because he's basically on a blood thinner because of the stroke. So, you know, we get this thing all set up so they can turn around and do the cataract surgery. Well, they're considering that an elective now. And because of his age and being 76 and his upper respiratory is not that great, you know, they said, well, Ty, we're just going to have to put this on hold. So all of a sudden it's like, it's little things like I'll get like a phone call going, Bob, I I can't find my phone. And I'm sitting there going, well, Ty, you're talking to me on the phone right now. And he goes, well, you're not my, <laughs> my landline, my cell phone. Is that like I can't find my glasses and they're on either on yeah, my nose yeah, or the top of my head? Forehead or whatever. <laughs> so it's like, so I get like these kind of phone calls or, you know, but I try to get him over, you know, I used to live much closer to him. I only lived about, well, Rubina can appreciate to speak from California. Yeah. You know, I was only about 10 or 12 minutes away, but uh, we had an opportunity, so we moved, and now I'm about 30, 35 minutes away. So if I have to go down and do something for him that's not kind of my normal schedule, by the time I get there, do whatever he requires and get back, you know, I'm eating up a quick two hours real fast. Well, if you're trying to run, I'm self-employed as well, and if you turn around and you're trying to run a business and you're gone two hours, it's like, well, that really puts a kink in your day. And then the other thing that's put, you know, kind of made my life go a little bit more sideways is my lovely wife. It's a deal to where with her, she, um, she hurt her back. Actually, it's a form of, of scoliosis, but she did something to do it to her upper vertebrae that kind of messed things up. And in the process of doing that, she messed up her lower back too. So now all of a sudden, like walking has become extremely painful for her. So, you know, it's a deal to where, you know, I have her on, on the sofa where she, I've got a line of sight on her and then she'll look at me like, I really need to go now. I'm like, okay. Well, the problem is, is that taking her, that's not a big deal, but she needs to go about every two or three hours. Right. So I need right. to go do something for Ty. I'm having oh, to schedule in such a way that I can only be gone like an hour and a half, two hours, which really pushes my maximum for just the travel time of being able to turn around and physically do it. 
So all of a sudden, and, and I can really feel for other caregivers out there to where, you know, we're in a situation to where I think time management, especially if you're still working, I mean, if I'm self-employed, I have a little bit more grace because I can set my, I can set my own schedule. But right. I can't imagine if I was working for somebody doing a nine-to-five, and I'm saying, well, hey, I'm sorry, I can't come in today because, my, you know, my wife is hurt or, you know, Ty needs me because especially somebody like Ty, Ty has a tendency, those people fall between the cracks. To where, right. it's like, you know, he's he's fiscally not in a position, you know. Right now, you know, to add, you know, spice to the situation, you know, we've been trying to sell his home, but with everything that's going on, you know, home sales, at least in Phoenix, are not that strong. So it's right. trying to liquidate his home has been really tough. And if he, we don't liquidate his home, he doesn't have the equity required to to go into an extended care because even if they turn around and utilize your social security. I mean, you know, Social Security is only good for like twelve to fourteen hundred a month, but you know, a lot of the extended care facilities they're anywhere from like seventeen to twenty-four. Well, he doesn't have a rapid plan, right? Right. And so it's like, so like, I'm trying to to cover him, before, you know, until we can sell his home. Well, this has been going on for like over a year now. So you know, not that I'm complaining, but it's a deal to where it's like, you know, it's like, Lord, if you could just give me an extra two or three hours every day, I think I can pull this off. <laughs> I'll see if I can arrange that. Uh-huh. You know, the number crunch kind of thing. But, so that's, that's, get, kind of, that's, that's kind of like the cliff notes of what I'm experiencing right now. Well, I wanted uh, to ask you like to one way. I just wanted, you know? if you don't mind me interrupting, I just wanted to ask sure, you please. another question, um, which I, I kind of asked you yesterday uh, when we were talking, which is, um, I don't know how comfortable he was in the past, let's say, maybe reaching out to a neighbor or, you know, I don't know where he lives, if there are neighbors close by or if he knows anybody close by, um, so that, let's say, he didn't have to call you, who is now 35 minutes away, but now people are reluctant to go into people's homes. And um, I'm wondering how how this whole COVID situation is impacting him. Sure. Uh, and to answer the first part of your question about neighbors, uh, in the area that he lives, it's it's the demographic has kind of changed. It's it's becoming a little bit older neighborhood, so it's a deal to where because he's in the house so much, you know, because of the stroke and what has impaired him physically, he doesn't get a chance to meet the neighbors. So all you got to do is have you know two or three of the neighbors, which actually in the last year and a half has happened. The existing neighbors have sold their homes and other new people have moved in. Mm-hmm. So he has like a whole brand new crop of neighbors that he doesn't know. Right. So if you go out there and to establish a relationship, you know, that's really tough going, you know, hey, could you come over and help me do this when they don't know you? And then also because it's a little bit in a sense to where there's like starter homes for some people. They've got younger children. And I think that a lot of times some people, you know, they're a little bit younger and I think they'd be a little bit apprehensive, you know, about, you know, going over and, you know, and helping out someone else. And then also, like you mentioned a moment ago, this is another thing that's been a real drain for him is his brother lives back in Maryland and he utilizes, um, a lot of the takeouts, they've got this thing set up with Uber now here in Phoenix to where I can call McDonald's or I can call the local Chinese place or I can call Domino's and I can have it, you know, delivered to his home. With, and that's what Greg does. But the thing is, is that where they used to come in, they'd knock on the door, he'd leave the door unlocked so they could get in. He'd be sitting in his chair and because to get around, he's in a walker. So, you know, they would come in, bring him his pizza or his Chinese or whatever it might be, and they might sit there and have a conversation with him for just a couple of mm. minutes. You know, hi, Ty, how's it going? Good to see you. You know, oh, yeah, I can throw this in the fridge for you. You know, And, and just that, that little bit of just kindness for a minute, you know? Right. And 
that's all dried up. And mm. where he would kind of look forward to having someone pop in from Subway or whatever it might be, all of a sudden now that's not happening. And not only that, they're leaving it on the doorstep. So he's on his walker, you know, hobbling over because his left side's impaired from the stroke. He's hobbling over there and, you know, opening the door, trying to bend over, trying to get that stuff because, you know, he fits that that demographic that, that everybody, the news is pushing so hard, you know, he's elderly, he has, you know, cause he, because, mm. I mean, the guy smoked like a train, he's a chimney. Right. And it's a deal to where, so when he comes to the door, he could be slightly coughing, too. So, like, all right. of a sudden, like, he is the poster child for the symptoms of, you know, COVID. So, it's so like, can I, ooh, 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 I'm sorry. These people. I'm sorry. So it's like, hey, you know, it's like, you know, your cooties could pole vault. I don't know, and I'm not going to take the chance. So by the time he gets to the door, all he sees is taillights as they're going down the street. So I I, I want to ask you, wait, I just want to jump in and ask you a question about that. So um, because, you know, people are telling people not to go to people's houses, to socially distance, not to go visit older people. Um, you know, you do you do work from home, so so that's an advantage because you're really right. only at home with your wife. But then again, you have to take her to the doctor wherever. Um, and right. as you're saying, he's coughing, and he's he's kind of a uh, he's part of this vault, very vulnerable population. How do you feel yeah. that's impacting you when? When you go there, I mean, because you're already stressed out with all of these situations, how is that playing on your mind in terms of in this virus environment? In the last, we have three minutes left before we go to break, by the way. Okay, very good. Thank you. Okay, uh, Reader's Digest version. Um, When I get to his home, I always wash up first. So it's a deal to where I'm kind of concerned about giving him something. I mean, my immune system's pretty good. So I don't think I'm going to really have a problem. If I do, it'll just be the flu and I'll just move on. But I am concerned about, because his exposure is so limited, about bringing something to him. So I do try to maintain the, I, the, the social distancing to where it's little things like this where I would plop down on the sofa and I might only be three foot away and we're sitting there because he's watching something on television, so we're holding a conversation. Well, now I turn around and I try to sit six or seven feet at the mm-hmm. other end of the sofa so that I'm, I'm not close enough to where if I did have anything, if I was breathing on him or anything like that, that I could give him anything. And then, you know, throughout when I'm in there, I turn around and wash my hands probably several times, once again, just protecting him because I feel like he's a lot more vulnerable than I am. So it's kind of in the reverse of that. But trying to do all of those things in his house is a challenge. And then also, I, I, when I go in there, like if I'm, I know I've got to get one minute, 38 seconds. You know, when I go into the grocery store, if he needs milk or something, I'm sitting there and I'm grabbing the milk from as far back as I can, hoping, because you know, when you're in the store, somebody picks something up, they look at it, and they're not sure they want that one, so they set it back. So I'm going like, well, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper just to say, in case someone grabbed this milk. Right. Just so that so I get a chance to where it, it's not, you might not have any cooties on it, that kind of thing. Right. So, so listen, I mean, be- implications are very much there for me. So, so, so we have three minutes to go to break. So I just want to ask you this question. Um, uh-huh. Has he expressed to you that uh Anything that he's feeling being isolated in this way, not having the opportunity to interact with people who maybe were bringing him food here or there, um, has he expressed anything about the differences or how he feels about that? Well, Ty is a is a is kind of a, a stoic, quiet kind of guy. So, I mean, he would be the last guy on the planet to complain. However, the way that I do see it is that. 
he's a lot more quiet. And it's a deal to where he was always a pretty gregarious guy. Hey, Bob, how's it going? Body, body, body. And I could tell, because I've known him so long, I can tell that he is more down a little bit. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say depressed, but he just doesn't. He's always been kind of a vivacious kind of guy. And I could see that, that his cup is, you know, mm. instead of being half full, it's half empty for him. Right. And it's, like I said, you know, he was getting all those little, those little emotional boosts from having uh, inter- you know, social interaction with people, that those are pretty much dried up. Right. So it's now it's like I talk to him on the phone, and that's it. And a phone conversation is just not the same as having it's, someone there in front of you. You know, it, it really isn't the same. I mean, I live alone. And um, listen, Bob, you and I have had conversations. Rabina, you and I have had lot, lots of right, conversations. Right. Uh, I mean, I... I I've been working, so I'm certainly around other people, but I'm thinking to myself, how would it be um, if I if I wasn't getting out of the house and having interaction with other people? I also see my daughter and, and my grandkids, but it's... Um, it is difficult when when you're just uh, there by yourself because phone conversations, as much as we want to say they're all terrific, uh, they're not the same. They are not the same. same. Okay. Well, no, with no. this, you know, we're going to thinking that I would just in, in reference to what you were saying right there. Uh, he did say one thing, and I just didn't, it just now came to mind. Is that he sits there and he goes, you know, he goes, I, you know, I haven't been out of the house in over a month and a half, right? Because right. that's how long the doctor's been, and he's never right. done that before. So he's right. cognizant of time right now, to where it's like he's noticing. I think I think he's starting to get cabin fevers. I think what he's getting right. because okay. there's and, no one to talk to, and right. you know, the, I you think know, we have window to window outside is the television, and that gets pretty boring after a while. Bob, I think we have to um, go to break, correct, Rubina? Yes, we do. And on the other side of the break, we will talk about what we can do to uh, shore up the caregivers so that we remain stronger. Uh, Thank you very much. And we will return shortly to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on Voice America Empowerment Channel. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Phyllis Amen, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rubina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Hello, and this is Rubina with uh, with Phyllis and Bob still our guests today, and we're talking about are you feeling squeezed? The impact of COVID nineteen on uh, caregivers. And Bob, thank you for sharing your situation and so much information. And we squeezed in so much in our first <laughs> segment. And I'm saying, okay, let's slow down. Okay, <laughs> I, I know that's how we all feel that we are on this uh, this turning wheel. Go, go, go! But let's take a okay. breather and and pay attention to our needs as well. And uh, we're all in the same boat together. So let's start with, before we uh, I ask Phyllis and, uh, and share some of my thoughts, what are some of the things that you're doing for yourself as a caregiver to keep your stamina up? And what uh, advice can we give and resources can we suggest to, to our listeners? Uh, well, as for myself, uh, one thing I've done is I've increased my supplement intake because, I mean, you, in the last segment, I know I must have been going like 140 miles an hour, but you were. It, it's <laughs> my life right now. A I'm 140? I'm not, I'm not getting it done. <laughs> it's like I have to go that fast just to make it happen, to keep it real. But in, all, but in keeping with what, what you'd most, you know, you had mentioned about taking care of yourself, um, like right now, my my rest is the one thing that has really taken a major hit in the last three or four weeks. So I've tried to increase my supplement intake, increasing you know vitamin C. I've been taking D3. Uh, I've been trying to eat a little bit better and timing what I eat, when I eat, you know that kind of stuff. Because the thing that I'm primarily concerned about is that it's my immune system. Because you know I'm pretty healthy, so I'm not too worried about it. However, when you're burning the candle at both ends. I mean, fuel is fuel. You're going to exhaust it. So, you know, and then also I think when it comes to not only physically but emotionally, because I think a lot of times, at least for me, it's like you're giving, 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 and all of a sudden it's like you're almost starting to feel like a little hollow on the inside because mm-hmm. it's like you've kind of expelled everything, but you're not putting <laughs> anything back in. So one thing that I try to do throughout the day that I find emotionally helps me is to make a series, this is going to sound silly, but at least it works for me, as I make a series of small decisions. And it doesn't matter whether or not uh, I'm going to change the radio station or if I'm going to go downstairs and get a drink of water. It doesn't matter what it is, but I decided I'm going to be in control for a moment and I'm going to make a decision Mm. as opposed to it seems like all the other situations of my life are demanding me to do things all the time. So it kind of allows Mm. me to take a little bit of mental real estate back, as it were, trying like, okay, you know, you're still in control, Bob. You know, you're just not at the whim of, of life and everything that's hitting you right now. Because I know that for me personally, when you get tired, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, in the last segment of kinds of shows, you know, I'm, I'm a very fast-paced person, and I'm used to thinking and processing more than one thing at a time. And I find that right now, because I've been burning it at both ends, that my ability to think is not as fast as it should be. Mm-hmm. My ability to problem solve, and I'm speaking like in reference to my to my business. Right. If I have a problem, no problem, because what I do is both not only creative, but it's also technical. 
So right. it's like I have to be able to problem solve on multiple levels to be able to create something that a client wants because I'm kind of customer service oriented. <laughs> and if they want it that way, I'll always do my best to give it to them the way that they want it. And it's a deal to where just in trying to problem solve because you're fatigued, it's like all of a sudden something I, I, I feel I should I should be able to fix relatively quickly. It might take me, you know, a couple of minutes or five minutes or ten minutes, and then you start kind of beating on yourself going, I should Mm. be able to do better. And and all of a sudden, your normal, realistic expectations of your performance kind of get shoved out the window because you feel like you're spinning in the dirt. You you know, can I just interrupt? Wait, I just want to interrupt for a moment because I think I should be totally transparent here. And um, let the listeners know, I mean, obviously, Rubina knows, but actually, Bob does my graphics, and he's working on my website, and I've known Bob, um, I guess we decided the other day, maybe about a year and a half. And so, in this period of time, I have seen um, a difference in... You know, when you work, sometimes I get an email while I'm on the East Coast. It's like when I, when I wake up the next day, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. I, Because I know everything that's been happening, I could see how your productivity and the times that you work are different than it, than it was before. Um, and I, I could imagine from what you're saying that I, I only know myself that that would weigh on me. You know, I'm not being as productive or why didn't I think of that or I missed that very thing. Much, or, I'm not saying you're, you know, you're missing things, although you did, but no, no. No, I'm missing a lot of things. No, and, no, and I'm, only joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm only joking. I'm only joking, but, but okay. I have to say we're a great team. But um, the reality is these things do affect people's productivity. Uh, that's that's the point you were trying to bring out. And that's, in all transparency, Rubina, I wanted to mm-hmm. yeah. acknowledge that. And uh, with that in mind, Bob, what systems mm-hmm. have you put in place? Or what systems can you put in place to support yourself? Because you can't right. go, uh, well, keep on with, going uh, at the speed with, you know, that... Right. Um, for me personally, it's like, you know, I've, I've tried to enhance, you know, my diet, trying to make things, you know, healthier for me. Uh, and right now, when it comes to, if I didn't have my wife and Ty, I could do a better job of scheduling. Uh, my biggest thing right now is, is the scheduling is so hard to where mm-hmm. it's like when you have when you're watching the clock to where one person's need, you know, resets itself about every three hours, that really curtails what you can do. Now, if I was only working from home and taking care of my wife, it wouldn't be a problem at all. I'm right there. But the fact I have to go travel somewhere all of a sudden throws the timing off, almost like, you know, like let's say I was working a, a nine-to-five, and all of a sudden it's like, well, part of my job mm-hmm. is when I, when I get home, mm-hmm. I you know, I cook dinner or whatever I do, do the laundry or whatever I might have to do. With this now, those other chores might not be getting done if your loved one or a friend or whoever requires additional help. And within the realm of time management, I'm uh, you know, that. I'll be honest. Yeah. With you, I'm just failing. I mean, I'm just, right. I'm constantly. Right. It feels like in a damaged control mode. Right. But at least yeah, I right. think for me, what I try to do is I try to acknowledge the fact that, hey, Bob, you're human. There's only so many hours in a day. You're going to do your very best. 
and the people around you love you and are going to realize that you're doing your best, and you'll just keep marching on. I think, I think. Well, I mean, with Ty, Ty. I mean, this sounds so cold, but I think you know, with with your mom repeating, I think you can kind of feel this just a little bit because it almost feels makes you feel kind of guilty in a sense. But the only thing that's going to make the situation better for Ty, as because his health is is waning, is him passing on. And you don't want a friend that you've known for 30 years to pass on, but you also realize his quality of life is, is diminishing. So you're looking at it going like, well, okay, it's going to get better after, after he goes to the great, I, I call it the great dark room in the sky because we were both photographers. But like with my wife, my wife has a lot of life in front of her, but at least her problem is finite. I mean, the doctor mm. will eventually get her to a point where she'll be able to resume her life again, so it's finite. So right. I think a lot of times it's like, it's 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 mentally it's, hard, but I think you need to right. you need to pull yourself away from it and take a look at it, going like, okay, it's either finite or it's not. And if it's right. not finite, then it's all about damage control because you can't yeah. make it better. So I, right. I always try to keep that, uh, you know, especially Bob, now. I try to keep it that in mind. Mm-hmm. That's how Bob, I where my thought is going right now is. Um, it's very true that you're hitting on the on the nail that the lifespan is longer, but the quality of life in the later years is not what it what it ought to be. And uh, yes. but to come back to you and your personal care, the only thing I've heard you say is time management. But I think I'd like you to explore some other options as well. Sure. One thing that comes to my mind that I've done over. Uh, over the last several years with my parents is in some ways empowering them. So what are some of the ways that you could empower Ty? Possibly get him an iPad or a, or a phone where you could uh, FaceTime, he could FaceTime with his brother so that your on-demand yeah, yeah. being there is reduced and some of that, uh, you know, is mitigated. Some of that need oh, to yeah. travel is mitigated. Right, right. Because uh, if nothing else, just uh, for the, yeah, for the, at least for just the loneliness. Because he is alone, loneliness yes. and, uh, and company as well. So at least that right. part is mitigated. And the other is uh, do look for social services, uh, community organizations in your neighborhood. And I'm sure there's somebody like Olive Community Services where they could, uh, you know, assign somebody who could uh, do some of those, those things uh, for him. Uh, you know, I think you need, you can't manage it all by yourself mm-hmm. by just saying that right, it's my right, schedule. Right. You need to take a look at other other resources. And right. what I wrote back were two things is one is to you have mm-hmm. to push back a little bit on the demands that are on you and what mm-hmm. need to be fulfilled, what can be fulfilled mm-hmm. by others. And what are some of those demands that just need to be ignored? That's and, very true. Very, yeah, very true. wise yeah. words, yeah. Dina. And, yeah, and the other part. thing, the other thing is, uh, you know, you de- do have to put yourself on the table and don't feel uh, selfish about it and don't feel guilty about it. You know, just the thirty seconds to get a piece of water, a glass of water, is not sufficient. You need to schedule personal time because it's, you know, it's the same thing that. Everybody tells us that, you know, that that uh, about the airplanes, they make the safety announcement, put your own air right, mask right, right. on first before you help the other. Help so if, person, if you correct. don't take if you don't take care of yourself, uh, then then you are not there to care, take care of um, 
other. So I think that's what uh, I would like to share with you. And some of these things I've used personally with my parents. So I'm I'm sharing from uh-huh. experience. Um, and and. And uh, can I just interject something? Because, uh, you know, uh, Bob, you and I had a conversation the other day about he called and he dropped his remote or whatever the heck it was. We came up with a solution yeah. for it. I mean, what I, but I, I'm I just um, going off what Rubina just said. I mean, there, I mean, I, I think it's, it's valuable. Um, it, it, I don't know. It's not, a, I don't want to use the word advice necessarily, but <clears throat> it's a valuable to think about that you might have to say listen I can't come right now or I can't come until later or um you know um right something or I think the iPad idea is a good idea maybe if you were FaceTiming maybe you could look around with um I don't know how you really do it you turn it around the other way and maybe through FaceTime you could help find the whatever it is he's looking for falling is another matter um, but the other thing I want, yeah. yes, the other thing I yeah. wanted to say, I, I mean, I mean, this is, I, I, this may come across the, in not the correct way. I think, um, I mean, being that he is so isolated and is so alone, do you think that there are times he's calling upon you when he really doesn't need to, but he just needs some interaction and he knows you'll come? Probably. Oh, okay. Probably. Yeah. So I think uh, that's, Rub- that's fair Rub- to say, yeah. that Rubina's, um, Rubina's insights are very valuable. Um, and I think that's where you mentioned that he has a brother and you need to have some kind of a strategy. And obviously he's a participating brother to, to see how, how both of you could use technology, a simple thing where he just has to press something or receive something, FaceTime or something, uh, so that he has that contact with his brother and his family so that his, at least, so that he gets to be with you when you really need to help him, you know, when when you really physically need to be there. And uh, hopefully that will uh, mitigate some of your, uh, uh, some of your, the demands on your time. Yeah, that's good counsel. I appreciate it. Yeah, we we have uh, we have about uh, three or four minutes left. I, I I'm sure we just have some other things to discuss. But before we go, Bob, I wanted to uh, give you the opportunity to um you know uh, provide your social media information or your contact information if anybody wants to get in touch with you either to if they have some ideas for you or or if they want some insight from you or either personally or professionally. So do you want to uh, share any of your contact information? Sure. Yeah, my email is the letter R, so it's R and my last name is still, S-T-I-L-L, with the number 7, so it's rstill7 at cox, that's C-O-X, cox.net. That's my email. And then my website is still digitalstudios.com and you can always go to the contact page and yeah any way that I can turn around and help out you know either whether or not you need my services within the realm of uh, experiences that I've had within the realm of, of helping out you know uh, Ty and my wife or if you need my other services that's a great way to get a hold of me and uh, it's a deal to where 
you two have had real value in my life today because you get so close, you get tunnel vision, and you don't. Some things that people say, "Well, that's obvious, just go do that," but you're so close, you know, it's so tight on that minutiae that you don't pull back to see the bigger picture. To where there's obvious, like for instance, like FaceTime. Like I hadn't thought about using Skype on a tablet. It's like mm-hmm. he, could, he could sit there and talk to his talk to his brother in, in yes. uh, even with the difference in time zones. I mean, he could do it that way. At least absolutely have a face that's supposed to a phone. It didn't dawn on me to do that, and I'm a technology guy. Well, I have a, I have an Oscar. It's like you don't I even have see. What were you going to say, Rabina? I want to thank you, ladies, because your insights have been very helpful I'm today. I'm going to ask Bob. And like I said, uh, you, know, some, you get, you get really wrapped up in a situation, and it's like, I'll just keep mm-hmm. marching. Right. Uh, what were you going to say, Rabina? I have a, you know, you said that we could reach out to you and ask you for something. And, sure. uh, you know, as one of the founders of a nonprofit, I never, ever leave that opportunity go let that opportunity go by by so my request is if you would visit olive community services social media our web page uh-huh. and our facebook and see how we are coming across to you see how our message is being communicated and your constructive sure, feed, constructive feed would feedback since you're in the sure. industry would be invaluable so sure i'd be glad to yeah, so if you offer something, we take you up on it. And the other Sounds thing exciting. I want to say is, uh, Rubina, uh, maybe um, maybe um, uh, Bob could help um, Ty uh, connect to Olive Community Services for the programs yes, you have Tuesday, do. Wednesday, and Thursday, and that would maybe be helpful to him and um you know, you could give Bob that information. Um, maybe we only have 30 seconds but left can, before we go to Continue on and listen, Bob, and you can get it from our website as well. Right. right. Okay. It's an, okay. Olive Community Services is now online, www.olivecs.org. And we have okay. conversation. We talk about nutrition, exercise, projects, everything, just staying engaged. And that could, that could be a great thing for him, you know, every day, uh, it's three days a week, right? From, um, right. for an hour. For so, an hour from 11 to 12 Pacific time, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And with that, Bob, thank you very much. We're going to take our second break and Phyllis and I will return and continue this conversation on, are you feeling squeezed? The impact of COVID-19 on caregivers on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Phyllis Amen, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. 
Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rabina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Welcome back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy and our conversation on Are You Feeling Squeezed? The Impact of COVID-19 on Caregivers. And that was really some interview about... um, with Bob still about what he's experiencing during this period of time. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely, Phyllis. And the biggest takeaway that I have from this second part of the that segment is that when we're in this uh, emergency do mode, we don't have time and we don't take time to sit back and think and even use the common sense that we already know. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's it's so important to have a network of caregivers where you connect with each other and, uh, you know, keep yourself on the table as well, as hard as it is. And um, my friend, guilt is the biggest thing that uh, that takes over in um, situations like I'm this. Sh- yeah, I'm sure you have it also. I just want to say that you know, because I work with Bob, but we've become phone friends. I've never met him. Uh Um, And as he's been telling me about the situation, just little by little, I've started to inject questions like, well, what are you doing for yourself, Bob? And, um, you know, you just can't keep running like the Energizer Bunny because the energy runs out. Mm -hmm. And, um, like you said, a guilt is, is a, is a very, is a very big part of this. Um, mm-hmm. It's different with his wife, as he mentioned, because his wife's situation is finite. She right. will get she will get better, um, but the other situation is not. Mm-hmm. And um, you can you can uh, speak to that a little bit. Oh, if you feel comfortable. I can. Oh no, I can speak to it a lot. But I uh, I will just share. You know, just over the last um, seven years that. My mom has been assisted living and dad in all different places to the point of passing away in February. And my living more than 1,000 miles away, I have had to put in boundaries. I have mm-hmm. had to put in systems in place because I could not do that. You know, when Bob was saying that he would get a call from Ty, this happened, that, and when I would get that call, you know, I'm, I'm in California. They're in Canada. I, I can't even... 
go in 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's uh, it's trying to get uh, rid of that guilt, and uh, and it's uh, it's pushing back. It's saying taking a look at the person, what other resources they have, and what personal resources they have. Mm-hmm. You know, he possibly he should evaluate what's you know Thai's real capability. Mm-hmm. How much how much can Thai really do without you know depending? Because other thing that happens is that if we do more things for uh, you know that's human nature, right? If you're going to bring me Phyllis a, a glass of water every time I, I'm thirsty, I don't have the need to get up and go get it, right? I'll just say, Phyllis, where's my water? <laughs> and then after a while, I'll say, Rubina, what's wrong with your legs? <laughs> yeah, you know, you need to say that, hey, Rubina, why aren't right. you getting it? Are your legs heavy? You know, you find a nicer way of yeah, saying of it, but the concept is the yes. concept is the same. That that more you give human nature is more the other one will take and not in a bad way no absolutely like and you said not it's in human a, nature right you know and uh, and uh, you know in whether we call it pushing back whether we call it putting yourself on the table whether we you know uh, boundaries it, whatever it is putting right. boundaries whatever the term is but you really, really need to take a look at the whole situation. And what really surprised me, and I think surprised Bob too, that he didn't think of even having the, you know, that uh, iPad. Right. And it surprised me for him. But a month ago, I was in that same situation. Two months ago, I was in the same situation where I hadn't thought about it until my cousin who went to see my mom and he showed her to me and a, on a cell phone, and it was actually my cousin who said, you know, he says, cousin, all you really need is to have an iPad or an iPhone phone for, for auntie, and then she can talk to you and see you. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, this uh, technology is, is good. And last week, Thursday, um, I've shared this with you. I had my first... Um, face-to-face FaceTime meeting with mom because mm-hmm. I miss I took an iPad but it didn't get to her before they got into I, lockdown. I was, it's funny uh, you say that because I was going to bring that up but go ahead because you were uh, very badly about that for a few weeks that you forgot that you didn't bring it to her. No no it was it was there in nearby her but nearby, it didn't get right. to her because everybody everything got locked down and uh, and I was actually anxious leading up to the call. I, I, I really had anxiety because I didn't know what I would see after mm-hmm. two months. Right. But I was happy that uh, she looked healthy. Uh, she recognized me and she said, well, why are you talking to me like this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> why are you talking to me like this? I said, well, because I just wanted to see you. I couldn't come to see you. Huh? So and then... Oh, then ahead. the topic changed. Yeah. So, so here's uh, two interesting. Is here's one interesting thing that I just thought of, but something else that I wanted to bring up, because there was a period of time when you were flying up and back to Canada quite often. Yes. Um, yes. Every so, four to five, six weeks. 
Correct. Four to six weeks, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were going up there quite often. So I, I know that, you know, you, you were trying to keep on some kind of schedule, keep connected. You have a business to run, a family back in California. But you, you were, even though it wasn't 35, 40 minutes away, you were making that trip. I, but, I was, yeah. And uh, another thing, Phyllis, is that Mentally, I was prepared that there may be time that I would have to spend more time there. My husband and I had had that conversation. Right. And that time would be now. And look, we can't even see each other. Right, right. Uh, but what I, where I would like to take this conversation is, Phyllis, on your project. Well, you have been. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go there, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Wait. All right. One other thing I just wanted to say about the conversation that you had with your mother, which is, in a way, you're very fortunate that you said that you were glad to see what you found when you saw her after two months. Right. And it's unfortunate that there are people who are not in that situation. So you were anxious and you had a positive result. But there are people who are anxious who are not having a positive result, and that's creating more anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just something that needs to be said. So then what's the solution? I... It's it's a very tough situation, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, It's a very, very tough, tough situation. And for, you know, coming back to my mom's situation, like her memory is going fast. Right, uh, and I am finding it difficult to just say yes, yes, no, no. Uh, you know, to talk about a wedding and wedding procession and to pretend that it's happening. Uh, I'm, I'm challenged right now. Uh, we I, talked about I this t- yesterday. Uh, yeah, people, you know, even though they, their parent or loved ones may have a uh, diagnosis of uh, dementia. I don't think people really realize, you know, when they, when there's a diagnosis of Alzheimer's, they kind of have an understanding of what that is, but Alzheimer's is a disease. Dementia is really a symptom. It's a condition and it's um, Alzheimer's is the, the, you know, when people have dementia, a larger percentage of them have Alzheimer's who have dementia, but dementia is a progressive situation. And so people don't realize that it isn't going to stay the way it is right now. And uh, we had this conversation and that's... Yes, and I'm I'm grateful for the conversation we had uh, yesterday because it kind of put things in perspective to me that uh, physically she's in a good place. Uh, Her health and her needs are being taken care of. And, uh, and uh, you know, she's asking me, when are you coming? I'm saying soon. She says, so you'll be there tomorrow? I said, yes. And she's asking the nurses, when is my daughter coming? And mm-hmm. I said, well, what do you tell her? She said, we say soon. I said, right. okay. You know, and we'll, we'll see what she says the next time I, I talk to her. But Phyllis, I do want to get back to the iPads project because right. that is very, very important, very significant. And uh, I personally experienced it, you know, last Thursday for the first time. Their facility has one iPad. You have to send an email and make an appointment. Right. And I'm so grateful. And the project here is, Phyllis, tell us about right. your project. So I want to start a, I haven't done it yet because I still have some details to work out. But I wanted to um, put up a GoFundMe page to raise money for purchasing iPads, smartphones, 
for uh, the nursing home facilities around the country. Like you said, this facility has one. Uh, some facilities have one. Some uh, facilities that people are letting, um, like social workers or activities people, are letting people use their own personal cell phones. Or if a person has a cell phone, not everybody does. You know, they're arranging those conversations. But I wanted to uh, raise money so that we could purchase um, more of these um tablets or smartphones or more technology for the facilities around the country to facilitate conversations and connections. And that's that's an excellent, excellent uh, project, Phyllis. And Olive has joined hands with Phyllis. Uh, tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. Right. And uh, we would uh, request and encourage listeners to go to Olive community website which is olivecs.org and uh, donate uh, make a donation to support olive's programs as well as the including the uh, the ipads uh, project and to support our programs that are now running three days a week online tuesdays wednesdays and thursdays from 11 a.m to noon pacific and the one on tuesday is focused on health and wellness and uh, we do stretching exercises uh, you know exercises for about 15 20 minutes and then conversations on a, a topic related to nutrition wellness and it's amazing how much learning and conversation happens in those uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know those uh, 30 minutes then the wednesday program is our signature live learn thrive program where we have some exercise and uh, we have a, a speaker speaker or a special topic Right, and, uh, a wonderful, wonderful program. That's the one we were hosting in person, and now we brought it online. And then we created a new segment on Thursdays. We're calling it Connect and Create. Basically, it's open to everybody. That's where we're doing the face mask project. There's some people that want to do gardening projects. Some people want to do, um, you know, a cookbook. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's where we were said, okay, you know, because our goal is to have each person positively engaged, living worthwhile, healthy lives. Right. And, and I think this uh, this COVID thing, the positive that's come out for all the programs is that we've been forced to go online and now we can reach more people. Right. Like, so, uh, you know, Ty or Bob or Bob's well, wife can join in when she's on the sofa and you will uh, hope we will you'll call in one day as well Phyllis. absolutely so i i really do encourage people to um to go to olivecs.org and and uh, support financially support olive in these initiatives um i know people are working very hard i received some of the masks they're terrific uh, I mean, the program is just great, and it's and now you can reach people actually all over the world. So it's really like you say something positive that's that's come out of this whole situation. I guess with that, we're coming to the end of the show, and I hope we were able to provide insights for many of our listeners who are caregivers, and I think we were able to uh, provide some insights for Bob as well. So I think yeah. it's helpful all the way around. It has been. Phyllis, thank you very much. And we will see everybody next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. 
at Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thank you for listening this week to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Please join your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Robina Chaudhry, again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.